afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Authors on the Air. I'm your host, Pam Stack. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Um, I want to remind you that there is um, a fundraising drive growing on for one of the members of the crime fiction community. His daughter has um, leukemia. They are looking for donations to help pay for their portion of her bone marrow transplant. You can go to GoFundMe and look for Team Evie. Uh, please do that. Dwayne and his family appreciate your help, but this is a little girl's life on the line. Uh, before we get started, I want to read to you who the um, new releases are this week. Um, Lou Bernie has a new book out called November Road. Um, excellent book. Lou's going to be on later on in the month. Um, Deborah Webb released The Dead Girl. Charlene Harris released An Easy Death. Uh, my guest for this show, Matthew Harrell, Farrell, just released his first book, What Have You Done? You're going to be stunned when you hear about this. Um, Jody, Jody Picole, if you happen to like her work, um, she has a new book out called A Spark of Light. There is a new dystopian book really aimed at a YA audience, but I like to read those too. Neil Schusterman and Jared Schusterman wrote this book called Dry. Um, and the wonderful Lisa Unger released her book this week called Under My Skin. Um, with that in mind, I want to tell you a little bit about my guest, Matthew Farrell, and I have been Facebook friends, but we saw each other at BoucherCon. He's just released his debut novel called What Have You Done? Um, he's fairly skimpy on details of his life, except to say that um, – Family is not what it seems in this edgy thriller that New York Times bestselling author Lisa Scottolini says you won't be able to put down. Um, Matthew is um, lives with his just outside of New York City with his family. Um, he has a wife and two daughters. Uh, you can get caught up with the progress of his next thriller along with his general musings by following him on Twitter at M. Farrell Writer or liking his page on Facebook, which is M. Farrell Writer 2. Um, I'm proud to welcome to Authors on the Air, Matthew Farrell. Hi, Matthew. Welcome to Authors Hi. on the Air. Thank you for having me, <laughs> I, Pam. I'm so excited to be here. It's my pleasure. Um, I think all of this came about kind of on a dare. Um, it, when we were, You were posting about your 18-year-old pajama top, and you posted a picture of it, and your wife groaned. And I was like, really, 18 years you had that? And I said, your wife is horrified. And you said, no, no, she's been married to me for a long time. It's okay. And I don't know what I said, but something to the effect of, well, if this happens, then you'll come on the show. And you said, deal. So here we are. <laughs> here we are. And I, I assure you, every everything I'm wearing is from 2018. Uh, so we're good. We're good okay, today. Okay, good. So if you want to see the picture, go to Matthew's web, uh, Facebook page, or you can go look on my Facebook page at 4Pam Stack, and there is indeed a picture. And it's actually on Authors on the Air and on the network page. Um, congratulations on the release of your book. It came out on Monday from Thomas and Mercer. You happen to be part of the uh, First Reads program there, and already your book has garnered 681 spectacular reviews um are you stunned you know i am stunned it's it's i've been trying to you know i've been pursuing this dream for 20 years and to have it happen in the first place is stunning enough but then to have the success behind it that it's had so far just has completely swept me off my feet so i've been on cloud nine since september 1st um looks like you know the momentum is continuing here in october which is the official release date 
And, um, you know, the reviews that I've been getting, you know, that I've been reading have been spectacular and the fans really, really seem to love it. They like the twists and turns and, you know, a lot of the veteran, you know, crime readers aren't seeing some of the twists coming, which is a huge compliment. And yeah, I've, I've been over the moon. Yeah. Um, you've had some really great, uh, you know, of course, Lisa Scudellini was, was the uh, luncheon keynote at BoucherCon, and she's a terrific writer herself and very funny. But also Bob Dugoni uh, wrote for you, blurb for you, and Eric Rickstad, um, Tom, Tony Healy, all great authors, and um, they were taken by the seat of their pants with this. I read some of your reader reviews, and, um, I mean, you've got, you know, a ton of five-star reviews, and five- and four-star reviews are a good thing. Um, are your feelings hurt when you get a one-star review? Well, to be honest with you, I haven't been reading reviews probably since maybe the 10 days after, you know, the release on first reads. It just, mm-hmm. it was, you know, the good, re- the good reviews were kind of messing with me as much as the bad reviews were, um, you know, cause I'm, I'm reading the great reviews as I'm writing the second book and I'm thinking to myself, well, am I doing this also in the second book? But the second book, it's kind of a different kind of a psychological thriller. So I just had to remove myself from the, you know, the reading the reviews compulsively like I was, but to answer your question directly, no, it really doesn't bother me because, you know, every reader is going to have, you know, it's either going to, they're going to love it or they're not, you know, they're, they have their own, you know, little niche of what they like to read or the type of characters they like to read. And um, I think my favorite one star review that I did read was the reader thought she was ordering an audio book, got the Kindle, blamed me and gave me one star. So, you know, there you go. Well, you you have to know, you have to know for future reference that if the box is uh, the that the book comes in is slightly torn, if there's um, anything whatsoever wrong, the color is not to their liking of your co- of your cover. You are now to blame. It has nothing to do with anything else. Exactly. So, <laughs> broad shoulders indeed for a debut novelist. Um, what have you done is truly an interesting crime fiction story. Uh, it's not a police procedural necessarily, although it is centered around law enforcement. Would you tell listeners a little bit about what have you done? Sure. So what have you done is about two brothers uh, who both work for the Philadelphia Police Department. One is a homicide detective and one is a forensic specialist. And they're investigating the murder of a woman that they both know. And as each brother is doing their individual investigations, they begin to suspect one another is the killer. So, so what I what I like, you know, <laughs> pretty yeah, heavy yeah. And you're right that it's not a it's not a straight psychological thriller, and it's not a straight police procedural. It's a little bit of both, which kind of kind of caught the attention of the folks over at Thomas and Mercer. And that's kind of become my niche, you know, now, you know, I'm writing the second book. It's, it's called, um, I know everything and it's coming out in August. And that's the same kind of a, you know, construct of the story. There's police procedural in it, but there's also a a, a large um, psychological thriller element in it too. Will this be a standalone? Yeah, they're standalones. Good. Um, You said when we were talking earlier that, you know, this is a, 
20-year dream come true for you. What did you mean by that? So I have been trying to get traditionally published for 20 years, and uh, ironically enough, the first draft of What Have You Done was written in 1998. So, you know, for all of you aspiring writers out there who are listening, you know, you always hear authors who've, you know, made it say, you know, don't give up, don't give up. They're right. Don't give up. And, you know, over the 20 years, I've written other manuscripts and, you know, scripts for Hollywood and whatnot. But I always kept coming back to this story and revising it because I just liked the idea so much. And it ended up being the winner. But, you know, I have sat in, you know, a spare bedroom or a basement, you know, huddled over a computer for 20 years trying to make it and sending out query letters and going to conferences and trying to make contacts. And, you know, it finally happened. And it's it's very surreal to have your dream that you've been chasing for two decades, you know, suddenly come true. But here we are. It's, it's incredible. There you are, indeed. Um, have you... Now, I know this is, this is not your day job, and I know what your day job is, and it doesn't matter, but when did you decide you wanted to write a story and try to have it published? I mean, I've been writing for as long as I can remember. I, was, I remember handwriting, you know, Halloween and Friday the 13th knockoffs when I was in sixth grade, and my mom would type them on a manual typewriter for me. So I think wow. it's, always been, it's always been in me. Um, mm-hmm. me wanting to take it seriously and try to make some kind of a living out of it, um, you know, probably in my early 20s. And I always, you know, I always had the conscious decision of I'm going to get a full-time job that, that will, you know, pay the mortgage and I can raise a family with, but, you know, I'll never give up on the dream type of thing. And uh, I didn't. And here we are. And it's, yeah, it's well, you're great. you're kidding. Well, you're not kidding. Here we are in such a big way too. Um, are you a are you a crime fiction reader yourself? Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's my probably my number one genre. Um, you know, I'm a slow reader, so I don't get to as many books as I want. And as I as I attend all of these conferences and make new friends in the community, I always feel guilty that I can't get to all the books that that I want to. But yeah, crime fiction is is huge in my life. Who's influenced you? I mean, I would say from a story structure fan base standpoint, uh, Stephen King was probably the biggest influence on me. And, um, you know, but I I really liked the way, you know, Thomas Harris wrote and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, Dean Coons. I kind of grew up on them. And then lately, you know, I'm reading uh, Jennifer Hillier's Jar of Hearts right now. Yeah, I'm a, magnificent I'm a, book. It is. Yeah. It's, it's great. I'm halfway through. Um, um, uh, Mark Edwards is fantastic. Um, yes, he Randall is. Sil- Randall Silvis is incredible. Oh, it, magnificent. The, the way, he is, yeah. The way he writes is just superb, superb. He has just a natural sense of prose, doesn't he? His narrative oh. is just so exceptional. I yeah. get angry reading it sometimes because I know I'll never be that good. <laughs> well, you know, he probably didn't wasn't that good when he started either. And I think, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, you, you learn a lot when you continue writing, um, which brings me to the question, you know, what have you learned from 1998 when you wrote the first draft to the to the final draft that you turned into Thomas and Mercer for what have you done? I think the biggest thing I've learned specifically for what have you done and in general for writing is 
don't be open-minded to change that's coming from professional folks in the industry who do this for a living. Don't be married to one specific scene or chapter or idea. I think the more open-minded you are, the better the story is going to be. Uh, and a quick example, when I originally wrote this book, each brother had their own storyline, their own, you know, subplots that kind of right. merged in act three and three people along the way, my um, a freelance editor that I had hired, my agent, and then um, one of the folks at Thomas and Mercer <laughs> said, you know, the second brother's storyline slows up the story too much. We're going to have to eliminate it. Well, I lit literally eliminated half the book and had to rewrite expanding on you know, the, the one brother's storyline. And that was a huge undertaking, but it made the story so much better. So, you know, I would say as long, you know, be open-minded, don't be married to every little thing and listen to the feedback you're getting from the professionals because it'll go a long way. Um, I, I, I'm thrilled that you said that because I have spoken to plenty of people who say, you know, my editor doesn't know what she's talking about or my editor doesn't know what he's talking about. And I, I'm always amused by that. Um, but I have to say, anybody who can write a story to me is my celebrity since I can't, you know, can barely get an email out that makes any sense. So um, <laughs> I, 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 I totally appreciate the fact that, you know, you can write a book. Um, when you read for pleasure, you, you know, you talked about reading Jennifer's book. Um, are you dissecting that book as a writer also, or are you able to put it aside and just read the story to enjoy it? Yeah, I, I absolutely read to enjoy it. Um, the only thing I'll catch, catch, and it's not with a specific book, but if I read books in the genre, say over a year or two, I'll start to notice certain trends. For example, a big trend in the late 90s, early 2000s was the first chapter always opened up with a murder. And they've, right. they've kind of gotten away from that now. But, you know, broad stuff like that I'll notice and sure. I'll, you know, kind of keeping my my eye on kind of where the industry right. is going trend wise, but no, as right. I can read as a fan, I can read as a reader and that's what I enjoy. Oh, that's good. Yeah. The unreliable, uh, you know, narrator, there is another thing that happened after girl on a train, I guess. Right, and, right. um, you know, and so I, I hope that we don't have girls on trains anymore. I'm, I'm <laughs> over that trope as well. So I understand what you're saying. Um, Matthew, tell me about you as a writer. Do you have, um, because you work a day job and you have a family, you must have to be very disciplined, and maybe you're not, when you write. So do you set aside, aside me time, me the writer time, to sit down and work on your on your book? Absolutely. I think, you know, if I didn't, it would never get done. I think if you're going to be, if you're going to take writing seriously in your life and you've got a day job and you've got a family, you really need to manage your time properly. And, uh, you know, that's what I've done. And, and, you know, couple that with the fact that my wife and kids are extremely understanding and have always been, even when I was writing just on hope and, and, you know, no contracts or anything, they've always known that this is something that was in me and that I had to do it. So they've always given me the time. 
but yeah, I'll work. Um, typically I'll, you know, work my day job. I'll get home around five thirty, hop to the gym for about an hour just to kind of re-energize myself, come home, have dinner, and then I'll go down in my bedroom and I'll write for about an hour, 90 minutes if, I, if I'm really feeling it. And I just come upstairs and I just let the brain shut down and, you know, watch TV or something uh, just to kind of, you know, take a rest a little bit. But every day I'm writing, uh, when I'm writing. And on the weekends, I typically, I'm probably writing by 10 a.m. and I'll write till 1 or 2. Um, but, yeah, if, you know, if, if I know I have something to do from a writing standpoint, it has to get done, um, you know, or else there's too much in, in my regular life that could get in the way if I let it. Um, may I ask just the ages of your kids? Uh, two daughters, 13 and 17. Do they know that you have a best-selling book? Do they understand the magnitude of how well you've done with this first book? Yes and no. They understand it's a big deal. They understand it was my dream coming true. They're waiting for it to get turned into a movie so they could walk the red carpet during the premiere. That's all they're concerned with. <laughs> They're teenagers and they're girls. Exactly. You have to understand. <laughs> There's just no getting around that. Um, uh, do they tell their friends that their father is a writer or an author? They, not really because I've always been. So just, you know, they've always seen me writing. Um, they'll tell their friends, you know, that the, that the book is out and their friends are cool with it. What, what they're getting the most reaction out of telling their teachers at school because the teachers understand what a big deal that is and how hard that sure. is to, to reach that right. point. Um, so the reactions are really coming from them, but the kids, you know, I've always been writing. So that part is nothing new and getting published. They understand it, but I don't think they understand the, the true gravity of how hard that really is. Right. And how amazing it is. Um, yeah. Are either of your girls creative? My younger one is but we, we're not sure how yet she's always she just kind of has that artistic brain and good. she's a good writer she does a little bit of art she loves music so there's something there haven't we haven't well, mined out exactly what it is yet but there's something there oh that's great that's great um and the other one is more analytical rather than creative yeah and, and mom's a nurse so i think she gets that kind of analytical brain from mom and she's she's getting going into uh she starts college next year and she wants to go into the medical field there as well good for her good for her i mean whatever they want as long as they pursue it with a passion that's important um absolutely you said that you have your second book almost ready for first edits um can you tell us give us any little i don't know secrets drop a bomb on us Give me a, an exclusive <laughs> about I, book number two. Here's your exclusive. The second book was so much harder to write than the first book. <laughs> Tell me why. Why is that? It was, you know, it's, it's the first time you're under contract. It's the first time there's hard deadlines. It's the first time you're writing something where you know readers are going to read it and you know it's going to get published. Um, you know, your first book, you know, I'm a perfect example. It took me 20 years to get it to the point where, you know, we can get it out to the public. This time I had, you know, maybe about seven months. Um, you know, luckily I had the idea, so we were good there. But just kind of, you know, and I'm sure it's not like this with all the authors, but for me it really kind of um, played with my head a little bit as I was writing it. Like, 
I know people are going to read this. Are they going to like this part? Are they going to like this character? Should I change this a little bit? And it just, I psyched myself out a couple of different times. I bet. Um, You mentioned about an idea. Do you have a lot of ideas floating around in your head? I always, so I'm a pantser when I write. So Mm -hmm. I always have a general idea. And as the idea starts to become a little bit more focused, I'll have a beginning and what I think will be the end. And that's when I, that's kind of when I start. So I'll always have ideas floating in my head, but when I get to a point where I know what the beginning is going to be and I think I know what the end is going to be, I typically have about three or four of those ready to roll. So, yeah. Are you thinking of book number three right now? I'm ready to go with books three, four, and five. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. I, I have to tell you, I'm so, so impressed with your success and um, with how well you've done for your first full week out, out in the market. Um, congratulations, and, and I wish for you so much more success. Will you please tell everyone where they can find you on the webs? Sure. So my website is www.mfarrellwriter.com. And as you said before in the opening, my Twitter is at mfarrellwriter, and my Facebook is mfarrellwriter2. Uh, congratulations on, on all the good things that have happened to you. I look forward to the next book and three, four, and five as well. <laughs> will you come, will you, you know, will you come back one day and maybe guest host and maybe you'd like to interview someone that, that, uh, whose books you like? Anytime you want me to do anything, Pam, I'm all yours. You are so good to me. I'm going to take you up on that. The The story is called What Have You Done? It is out now everywhere. But um, And please remember to review uh, or tell friends about it, if anything else. Um, Matthew Farrell, congratulations. And I look forward to talking to you again soon, okay? Thank you. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. It's been great. You're, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Matthew. Have a good evening. Thank you. You too. And that's our show for right now. I'll be back at 6 o'clock with another great superstar. Uh, Thanks for being with me, and thank you, Mom and Dad. (laughs) 